everybody to another entry into our convo series. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, Mr. Alvin Garrett. Uh, nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us. With me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Dries Walker. Say what's up. What's going on, everybody? Artist D. Walker back with another convo. You know, like Dario said, an amazing, talented individual we've got here to talk with us. Um, you know, Grammy nominated songwriter. Um, definitely he's an independent artist as well. He's founded his own um uh label pretty much, right? You're your own, you know, you're your own boss. So like it's yeah. gonna be a real privilege to talk to this talented individual. Alvin, you wanna just introduce yourself for everybody? Well, man, first let me say it's an honor and a privilege to be here with you and all of your supporters today. I'm grateful for this opportunity to talk to you and uh, and share my story. And uh, I'm just a, I say I'm a good old fashioned boy from Alabama, Southern gentleman, I like to say, you know what I mean? I, <laughs> I've been a lot of places and a, a lot of places all over the country and all over the world in my 20 year history in making music and in the music industry. It ain't nothing like the South. I'm a gone take. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't nothing like the good old South, especially when you know you got that Southern charm. And uh, uh, but I love everybody everywhere, man. And I've been uh, through a beautiful journey of uh, starting off as a young musician, evolving into a writer and a producer, and and even the business side of things. Uh, and my my journey from where I began here in Alabama, uh, being able to touch. Um, the world with my music and still going, still building, still fearlessly chasing my dreams. So I'm glad to talk to you all about it today. Awesome. <laughs> I'm really, first of all, I'm really glad that you brought up the Alabama thing because that we have a special connection there because most of my family, I have deep roots in Alabama, you know. Uh, really? Yeah. All from my dad's side, it's pretty much all down uh, Mobile area all around that area. And then uh, all from my mom's side, it's pretty much all Birmingham area, so. I live in no. Birmingham, okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. We have, a, we have a very deep connection. And, and, if I, and if I talk to my dad, he will probably tell me, oh yeah, I know him, I know his family. I know, he, th he thinks he knows everybody that comes through Alabama. So I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he, you know, he'll hear the Garrett name and be like, okay, I might have a connection See, there, you know. Give you a little pass. You got a little bit of that Southern blood in you. So just <laughs> <fine> with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. if it's any consolation, my side's over on Mississippi, not quite Alabama, but you know, we right there over there. <laughs> the neighbors, Mississippi, the neighbors, man. I know we get a bad rap around around the country. They say, oh, they slow down there in the South, but there's still not something. There's still still something rich about uh, the Southern culture that when you really experience it from other parts of the world, when people meet you, is is a richness to it. Right. And so uh, I love being sort of a bearer and, and I'm proud to be from the South and, and carrying that charm to places where people don't even smile at you. Like, what you smiling for? You know, <laughs> <laughs> where you speak to me for? Why? Why? You know, but that's just what we do here, man. And so I, I'm, I'm glad to be here uh, leading the charge for change in, in Alabama and in the South. Yeah. All right. I'm, uh, I guess, like you said, you did 20 years you're 20 years deep into music. So I guess you kind of want to talk about how did you first get your start into music? If I've read correctly, you started out with like a business major and then you decided to, you know, follow your passions in, in other ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if we're starting from that point in my career, 
Uh, yeah, I, I actually came to co- went to college here in Birmingham at Sanford University on a football scholarship and mm-hmm. decided to study business instead of music because um, I grew up in the church playing bass guitar, got pretty good at it, was already kind of making me some money, had my hustle with my guitar. And in my mind, I was like, I already know how to play this thing. I need to figure out what to do with this money, you know. So, <laughs> uh, so I was more drawn to the business of, of music and learning business, period, because I knew that that was going to be the thing that kept me competitive uh, moving forward in life in my aspirations of being in the music industry and the music business, not just musician. So I'm sort of, I like to say I'm a true hybrid. I'm as creative as I am uh, business and intellectual. So when I'm in my creative space, I turn off the numbers, I turn off uh, the business and I get in that space. But when I'm done, everything has to to tie together with a plan. Uh, but I, 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 I'm glad that I got into music from the business side as well as from the creative side. Um, and so that has kept me, to be told, as an entrepreneur, year after year after year after year, by having a plan, understanding business and the mechanics of how this thing works, it kept me to the point that where now I have my own entertainment company. Uh, I am re- releasing my own music and, and con- continuing to grow um, even today. I mean, that's that had to give you uh, like a leg up against a lot of other people that first get into the industry for sure, because, you know, I think we've all heard the stories about the horror stories about people getting the music and signing deals or getting involved in stuff that they have no idea business wise what they're doing. They just were in love with the music. So, you know, that that was a unique uh, entry, I think, than most people. Yeah. And, and, and this is I'll tell people it's like this is the one of the most unregulated industries. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, there, are no, there are no rules. It's just like, well, this is what we think. Most people, you know, any other industry, you have to get credentials, you have to study, you have to be qualified. <laughs> you know, you ain't going to know, man, I want to cut people. Let me be a doctor. You know, that ain't. Yeah. <laughs> but in music, <laughs> in music, it's like, hold on, I can sing. Let me go be an artist. Right. And it's, you think about that, it's like the majority of people participating in the industry have zero knowledge about the industry itself, which in any other industry, we would run away from that. Right. Like, no, nah, no, nah, you're not credible to tell me anything or to do anything or to be in this business if you never study. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, that's one of the unique characters of the music businesses. If you can sing, um, if you can dance, if you can rap, you have it in your mind. You deserve to be a star. Yeah. And that's a misconception. You know, talent does not pre-qualify you for success. Right. And mm-hmm. I tell you that all the time, I don't care how talented you are. That gets you in the door, but it gets you in the door of a room that's already full. Mm-hmm. Totally. Facts. <laughs> I like that. You said you like that, right? Yeah, I was like, those are some good analogies. You know, I'm a visual artist, so like, you know, there's like similar aesthetics in the art world where it's like unregulated, you know, it's just, you know. So, uh, you know, I went to business school for like three years, but I actually dropped out to go to art school. So I got an art degree instead, but... But Dario got a business degree too. So we kind of all have a little bit of, you know, that that understanding and we're just, you know, out here pushing the passion, right? You know, um, but it's definitely kept us out of like bad situations and um, it keeps you keeps you diligent because you learn hard work, you know? Yes, yes. And it gives you a good foundation. 
to understand how to be, you know, really how to build your business over time and how to, because uh, we're creatives, you know how it is, man. We flow, we flow, but mm-hmm. you have some type of uh, barriers to that flow, you know yeah, what I'm right. saying? So you don't flow out into the to the wild, you know what I mean? I think that's where a lot of people lose their way and give up is because they they just going off the whim and just, oh man, I'm inspired, I'm inspired until you beat up so bad and you just can't even afford to compete anymore. So yeah. I like that you guys have a, a business foundation that guides your creative spirit. You know, that's great, man. Well, you know, um, I mean, you seem like that that passion, you know, it seems like you put out a lot of work in the last just like 12 months, you know, it seems like uh, you, you, you maybe, I don't know if you were holding on to some stuff and it was the time was right and everything, but like with, with you know, the last project and this new project, um, they're very like extremely well done, you know, and, and so they don't feel like rushed. They were like, you know, um, contained like almost like um, narratives from like start to finish kind of, you know. So yeah. like I could see all the like meticulous thoughts behind it. And um, I don't know, I guess maybe if Dario, if you want to start with like maybe one of the album questions you have, we can maybe start talking about the newest music or something. Well, I mean, like I said, he's, he's been busy over the last 12 months. So uh, I think you had an album before this, your latest one, uh, The Awakening. You yes. put out you put out a project last year. And I guess my question about that is, obviously, with the timing of everything and everything that was going on last year, socially, politically, like there's a lot going on. Is that what kind of inspires you to put out that type of music? Like, because you're out, because it's definitely more socially, like, conscious and aware, the messaging in, in these songs, particularly. Absolutely, man. Um, I like to write, I like to speak to the human spirit through my music, right? So I like to pay attention to what's going on in society, what's going on in people's minds. And instead of just talking all the time and getting caught up in, let me post about this. Sometimes I'll absorb it and I'll say, let me speak through the music in a way that connects with people. And so, of course, last year uh, I had my own perspective. You know what I mean? And everybody has a right to that perspective. And for me, I felt like it was one of the most human periods of our lifetime, right? Because everything about society is divided into groups. But we, there was only one group for a couple of months. It was the human group versus the virus. Mm. And that's something we've never experienced in our lifetime where we were all afraid of the same thing at the same time. So it actually united us. And so what we experienced when George Floyd happened was a sort of this subtle unity or an awareness that we were unaccustomed to from other people. And so that was my observation. I'm like, why do they care this time? So the song I wrote, Something's Different This Time, yeah. that was my way of saying, I noticed, and everybody heard this song, like, yeah, this does feel different. Why do people care? Why are they listening? Why do they notice now? And I believe it was because of those few months of everybody not knowing who could die, mm-hmm. right? everybody together not knowing who could die when and where made us more human just for a little while so <laughs> I, I <laughs> just for a little yeah, for, while for a little while <laughs> for a little while no 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 i'm just saying the spirit of it all though you know what i'm oh, saying yeah, yeah oh, totally. for sure we all experienced the same emotion about yeah. the same thing for a little while until you know everybody took over got back in their corners but i said let me sing about it and i wanted to write and make a project 
that captured my own thoughts. And I put that in the awakening. And, and, I, and if you listen to it, I asked some tough questions um, from my observations of what was going on. Um, and so you're right, that was a socially conscious, a socially aware project. And, and I spoke from the heart and I love it. And um, I appreciate my man saying that it was well put together. It was not rushed, but I've been at the songwriting production engineering long, long enough to be able to quickly put a record together that sounds good, that's well-written, well-produced. And I'm glad to, uh, that I was able to put that out last year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There was like, um, wanted to talk about even the uh, standout um, track that you had that video for the Selma um, anniversary. Yeah. Um, that was, that was just the video for one, the concept and like shooting. Cause you're actually, in the area, like mm -hmm. that was so beautifully done. Was that your idea to do that uh, treatment it for it? it? It was, man. Uh, you're talking about it starts in the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I have been, uh, actually it's something I dreamed of doing years ago, um, putting my music out during that fest, that time. Um, and I remember being left out because I just wasn't there yet. Right. <laughs> when, mm. when the 50th happened, Obama was there, was like 50 plus thousand people. And I was on the outside looking in and I was just like, but I'm going to stay at it, stay at it. And then here it is last year, I got an opportunity to be featured. I said, I want to do this right. I don't just going to get in my studio and send the song. I said, let me go down here, walk the path that they walked in Selma, feel the spirit uh, of what was going on in that area. And that's what I did. I wanted to capture that. But also I wanted to walk backwards. Like if you watch the video, I was walking backwards asking the question like where are we marching if you think about it how far forward are we really from the people who who died for us back then do we as african americans truly value the sacrifice that was made have we gone backwards in many ways so that was the symbolism of me walking backwards during the video um, from the bridge so i want to ask the question are we still moving forward <laughs> you know um and if not, we need to, you know. Yeah. I mean, very yeah. powerful message. So, um, yeah, uh, from the song to the visuals, everything, it, it, it all came through. It definitely all came through the impact and the moment of, you know, of everything, especially during that period of what, like you said, what we're going through and everybody's, everybody's has their questions. Like, I think one thing that, you know, all the craziness of last year, it did strip away a lot of like the, the outside noise and the BS and that like it had people really questioning things that they had never really, you know, thought about uh, up to that point in their lives. And I think like this song perfectly kind of embodies that and that feeling of the time. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I, I absolutely agree that, you know, that period stripped away a lot of noise and that was honestly what inspired me to sort of write this music and record it, like you say, two projects in less than a year, because I was I slowed down. You know what I'm <laughs> I didn't have to run around and have to be out in the streets hustling, trying to push my music. It was just me and the sound of my voice, you know what I'm saying, and my own thoughts. And I was able to get that solitude that I've never had, you know what I'm saying, just always trying to work and go at it and go at it. So I found a, a sort of a solid solitude that helped me grow as an artist to where it was only one person for real that needed to be pleased by the music. And that was myself, right? I wasn't trying to sell it to nobody. I wasn't thinking about what the radio DJs, I didn't want to, 
I went on that. I was just like, I just got to get this out of me. And it sounds so much different than when I was recording for promotion, right? Yeah. It's a totally different sound. Um, and so I'm, and I say, let me stay in that space. Let me stay right here where if my art only matters to me, I'm good, right? And that, that purity is starting to come out in my music. You know, after all these years of giving, of really trying to get there, I found that space where it's like, I don't care if you like my music or not, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and I used to hear that. I know talking to another artist, you know, oftentimes your art isn't appreciated until you're dead. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but for a true artist, that you don't care. Like, as long right. as I get it. So I'm I gotta that, get this off. I gotta I gotta make it better than my last one. You know, you're like, yeah, I don't I don't even care if nobody sees it. I just know what I'm about to go do in the studio. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's so too artist to artist. I feel like I found my artistry, my own voice. To where I said, this is not for you. This is for me. And that's when I saw people really gravitate to what I'm doing because they heard that they heard that purity, that authenticity in the music that I started making. After the right. yeah. yeah, and uh, I mean, since we keep talking about it, this is one of the songs that, as we talked about earlier, we did want to play, you know, do a little live listening here. Okay. Everybody, so, you know, we can give a, a play and then we'll, we'll continue after that. I can't really hear it. Too low. Can you guys hear it? Mm-hmm. All right. I know. I know the songs. I'm was, I was bobbing in my head. <laughs> yeah, what happened on there? <laughs> I was like, it sounds like it's playing, but I can't. Troubleshooting. Let's see. Well, gentlemen. All right, let me try this again. Here we go. Now, if you want, you don't want me to just sing it live. You know what I'm saying? Since we here, you know, I don't mind. <laughs> Since you put live performance on. Okay, we're going to wing it. Let's do it. Can we do all that? Right. Yeah, yeah, all right. All right, let's do, do that. You know, I, I'm gonna say this: a lot of artists don't want to do like live Bro, performances. I work, so I work too hard. Really... I work too hard for it, man. I love it. Let me let's do this, man. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. That's where 
listening sessions and you are the first one that wanted to do it live so we didn't want to Come on. put people on the spot yeah, like that buddy we gotta killed give you your prop man to that you 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 stepped right up and you just killed it man man hey they say if you stay ready you ain't gotta get ready right exactly. <laughs> already say this <laughs> hey all artists all future artists everybody hey take note man you got a lot of pressure now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, I think it was destined, man. It wasn't supposed to play. I was supposed to do that. Yeah, hey, you never know. I, I love my music. Better, yeah, like that. Oh, yeah. Live is always better, for sure. That was okay. way better. Any, any song that I write, I'm never afraid to sing it. You feel what I'm saying? Yep, so yep. whatever you heard on my on my project, like, hey, can you sing that one? Man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my music. Why would I be afraid to sing it, you know? Right. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So um, that is, it starts in the heart. 
you guys go stream right now. Uh, it's off his last project, Awakening. The whole thing from front to back is it's very heartfelt, very impactful. And, you know, it's definitely worth a listen. And you, you got to hear it live. So there you go. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like what I was saying, with each of his projects being like contained, you know, sort of like narratives, this this project's different than his latest project. So, you know, make sure you go check that project out, The Awakening, and get that whole experience and, and make sure you definitely check out this album we're about to talk about, uh, The Lightness of Love, because that project is uh, a narrative about love. But like, I mean, the levity to it, right? Like the... Uh, just the the flows and ebbs of of just how how it, it comes up to be just like even by chance right in the beginning almost and then yes. like with the way it develops into almost like you brought us from meeting someone to starting that talk a little bit to like we're dating now to like oh i really feel something to like boom you know it's me and you forever right like i love how that sequencing worked out um <laughs> <laughs> so we're just gonna jump right into that too you know <laughs> and listen i'm so excited to hear that you picked up on that because that's exactly how i sequenced the songs i wanted people to whether they were conscious of it or not to go on that journey like you know what i'm saying that first line like hey do you mind if i you know you got a beautiful smile Right, you compliment a woman like that's old school pimping right there. You yeah. gotta, you gotta walk. Yeah, I wrote up. down courting a woman like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So from courtship to dating to to falling in love to going through life together, it's a process, and and you don't see that much in music, but you also don't see it much in life. You know, people just want to skip straight from oh she dope, let me get her in the bed. Like forget all of the stuff about what makes a a, a person a person, right? Uh, regardless of who you like, a person is a person and there's a process to learning the ins and outs of a human being that you want to be a companion with. So I appreciate the fact that you captured that in this project and the lightness of love is not necessarily just about that experience. It's about the feeling of that experience, right? Right. Uh, if you really love, if you're in the presence of love, there should be no heaviness, right? And I know that music and the blues and R&B paints love itself as this heavy thing because of heartbreak and man, no, people break hearts. Love right. is never broken heart, right? So if you're experiencing true love, you will feel lifted. I, and that's no debate. If a hungry person experiences love, they're going to get a meal, right? <laughs> so that's love will feed you. Love won't look at you and be like, man, I'm praying for you. That ain't love. Love will put up. If I'm hungry, love gonna feed me. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you experience the presence of love, it's a lightness to it. And so that was what I needed after everything that I put out on the awakening. I needed to lighten things up. I wanted to not feel the heaviness of watching the news every day, of all of the heaviness that was just pounding down. I said, man, what's gonna lift this for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's love. So I wrote a project about it. Something that was light, wasn't too deep and heavy and romantic. Something I can play with my kids because it's mm-hmm. actually music I wrote so that I could dance around the house with my kids. And and, and just the other day, my two little girls, they singing all my songs top to bottom. And, <laughs> and I don't have to do this to them. Right. So that was a goal of mine. And, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really pleased 
that even anybody else said, you know, I want my six-year-old to be able to hear Mr. Garrett and there's nothing going to be on my record that ain't appropriate for a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. I did that on purpose as a writer, you know, because I wanted my daughters to be able to listen to my music, whether they grow up being soul music lovers, they like pop, whatever, mm-hmm. but at least it's not inappropriate. And so that's where that likeness comes from. Yeah, I mean, you brought up old school like Bevin, and it's definitely got that more traditional R&B sound that, you know, like I think our, our parents' generations grew up with instead of, you know, what you get a lot of days from like more modern type R&B, like you said, it's a little more explicit, a little more, you know, just heavy. And this one definitely felt like in that more traditional range. And it was like a refreshing change up from, you know, everything that's out there at the moment, especially like on the mainstream. And I don't know if you like, if if that's what kind of pushed you more into that direction or you wanted to get back to more of that traditional sound and more of that traditional feeling when it comes to like music and like that, R&B? Well, as a, I'll say as a music executive, because I think like an executive, I make music that connects to my audience, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I know I'm handsome, but I'm over 40, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, keep it real. Like I can make some killer mainstream music, like in terms of, I know how to do that as a writer. I'm talented enough to make that modern music, but it don't feel right, sound right coming out of this vessel. You feel what I'm saying? It just don't. And when I did it before, it never connected because it's like, they look at me, they feel me. It didn't connect with my spirit. So it's not just, well, I want to make traditional sound and R&B music. It's what people that like me want to hear from me. I mean, they want to be reminded of Sam Cooker, Chain's Gonna Come, or Al Green. They see that in me every day. Like when I, I'm like this every day. So why not make music that matches me? So that sound, that old school sort of authoritative feel that you get from old school R&B, that's just me every day. So this sound matches my personality. You know what I'm saying? And if, as I, I'm producing another artist, I would not make this kind of music for anybody else, right? I'm like, nah, that ain't you. Let's go make some of this dope stuff, you know? Let's right, yeah, yeah. Give me some trap, you know what I'm saying? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, so I don't force, I don't force any type of music on any artist that I'm working with. I find the music, find the song, that projects their spirit and their essence so it so that their audience receives it uh, with open arms, you know? Oh, definitely. You know, some artists are Ron Isley and other artists are, you know, like the 112 and Usher. It's like, you know, <laughs> so yeah, it's it. not wrong. It's just different, you know? It's, it's art. It's not it's wrong. Art, it's yeah. Art. There you go. There it is. But, um, I mean, I to just uh, piggyback off of... Um, the transition from projects and how you were talking about um, the greater meaning of love too, because you had gone into that. I think that uh, last track, um, uh, Beat Beat, I think yeah. that that really symbolizes like, or is, is emblematic of, of that, that you were just describing about uh, like humanity um, and just uh, like the bigger picture. Um, Cause I just love the the line. We all have a heart that beat beats, you know, um, and that's what makes uh, you like me, right? I think yeah, that was very, yeah, yeah. No, I, it's just like a, a a great. I just I just I love that connection because it's like humble, you know. It doesn't seem like like a, a preachy way to communicate humanity. It's really mm-hmm. again kind of how you're like asking questions a bit, and 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 also you know being. Uh, I guess 
descriptive about love in 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 how that and how that relationship is important for the for making change right right man I, I'll tell you, I'm, you're gonna be doing my 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 next album review. You know, what I'm <laughs> like he got it. He got it. <laughs> is he in my head right now? <laughs> How did get, get it in there, man? <laughs> Dude, I mean, you you're nailing it, man. You just said something. The greatest compliment you just gave me was, "It's not preachy. Mm. It's not preachy, and nobody wants to be preached at about anything." Mm-hmm. You want to be motivated and, and persuaded, right? right? So I want I like to write persuasive music, and, and when what I'm gathering from you is that you picked up on that that it's a gentle way to suggest another thought process, not forcing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like that. I never like that. Um, treat me like an intellectual. Let me present me with information, and I'll decide what I what I think and feel. And so in that in that song, one of my favorite lines on the whole I- album. I said, you know, let the streets be a mirror, show you where you could be, fill you up with generosity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that line is very personal for me because um, I, I, through the pandemic, I started working very closely uh, with an organization called the Dannon Project who works with high risk populations. And I'll be honest, I didn't grow up, you know, in the streets. I had a two parent home, middle working class. My dad was a coal miner, preacher, um, but I stayed away from a lot of the drugs and crime. I had a father in the home. And truth be told, I didn't have a reality of what a fatherless upbringing was like mm-hmm. until I started hanging out with young brothers who I'm the only person in the room know my daddy. You know what I'm saying? And then I started say, well, I'm going to be that father figure. And I started listening and I started seeing how my life turned out differently because I had a father in the home. Not everybody's story the same, but for me. I saw the impact of fatherhood in my own life, but it filled my heart with generosity. It mm-hmm. filled me with a different compassion. They said, let me be that dad. Let me be this big brother that he didn't have. And I'm seeing the impact of my uh, role in other people's lives. So that line was very personal for me because the streets had to show me that I was blessed and how lucky I am. You know what I'm saying? So, but let me do something about it. Let me do something about it because that's a person with a heart that beats just like me. And all it takes is one swipe of, of, of fate and you in a different situation. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I, I really, really love that song. And I'm, I'm glad you pointed it out the way that you did because uh, I'm not preaching to nobody. I'm just saying, <laughs> think of love this way. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Um, you just mentioned the um, the Danning Project. And um, I know that you, you founded... Uh, uh, like songwriting therapy program called uh, the right life, correct? Yes. And, uh, you kind of that um, is sort of the institution you 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 collaborate uh, with the Danning Project together as. Yes, yes, man. Um, and it really took off during the pandemic because um, we were in, on a platform just like this, and people in quarantine, solitude. It became a means for community and sharing. And so, basically, my songwriting process is very methodical. You know, I like to think about the audience, what my topic is and what my purpose for the song is. And then I say, well, how the song, that's the fun part, the, the how of it, the melody, the production. But before we get to that, what are we talking about? Who are we talking to? And why are we talking to them? And just having that type of uh, group uh, collaboration to say, before we get to the music making, 
let's talk to each other. And man, it was very therapeutic uh, the way this program grew. And, uh, and this is something that I started in 2015 as a dream and a vision to teach other people um, about, you know, how to write songs, because that's something you, it's hard to find. You know, nobody taught me how to do it. They were like, yeah, just keep writing. And, you know, you might stumble on a good one. Right. <laughs> you know, I want to pull my hair out most of my career. Like, oh, it's got to be a better way. <laughs> but I figured out my own process to say, well, let me teach you a way to think, not what to write, not not how to be creative, but a way to think. So I like to call it a musical GPS process to where like, if you joy riding through a song, you might end up anywhere and run out of gas. <laughs> but if you put the address in the GPS, you can just drive and it gives you direction. You know what I'm saying? Without stripping you of your creative ingenuity, you're just giving yourself a lane because everywhere else, the rest of the world operates in lanes, marketing, promotion, <laughs> consumption. There's a lane. I'm not shopping for cereal down where they sell in tires. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so bringing that marketing and branding aspect into the studio, into the songwriting process helps um, people think, but especially with the high risk population and preventing vulgar language. You can't kill nobody in the song. You can't call nobody a B and an H. By adding those parameters, it forced them to think of the world a different way and in a positive way, and it access some feelings and emotions that maybe otherwise would lead to anger, resentment, or hate. They found ways to access that compassionate side and share their story. So man, working with the Danning Project has been amazing, certainly with that program, The Right Life. Hmm. That was amazing. Awesome. And people can donate to um, both or, or just the Danning Project? Danning Project, everything I do, man, I always encourage people to donate to the Danning Project, which is Danning, D-A-N-N-O-N, project.org. And we do have a donate section there. And they can also find the Danning Project on social media under the Danning Project. So it's a really, really great uh, organization. Uh, so yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. You know, spreading love, you know, you're not just talking about it, right? You're actually out here doing it in the streets. Right. It, it, because what is love if it's all, if you only talk about it? It's what you do with it. You know what I mean? Um, and that's that's my platform. And I, and, I, and I fight for that every day to make sure that I've uh, embodied that message through my daily life, um, be it in music or otherwise. Hmm. So I guess uh, off of your latest project, what would you say would be, you know, Maybe your favorite song off here or favorite couple of songs and you have a favorite. All right. All right. If I got a fourth rank, if I have to, <laughs> if I had the fourth rank, I would say in it is my favorite song. Uh, okay. Yeah. You got a star next to that one. <laughs> oh, did you? Yep. <laughs> Go like, in it. In it. Yep. Hey, that 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 touch it, man. I'm telling you. We can be under a bridge. Or in the house on a hill, no matter where it is, as long as we're in it together, you know. Yeah. Come on, just like boop boop, <laughs> like man, like just. It's wavy. It's just you know, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. we we might have to do Give us another live session. You know, we we all. Hey, play. you know what I say? If you stay ready, you ain't got to get yeah, ready. There you go. <laughs> But yeah, man, uh, I don't even know if I got that track made. I don't know. Let's see, dude. 
People are in for a treat. If we oh, listen, go. I got it, man. Come on, let's go. Can I do it? Let's do it. Let's I do it. Let's do it. With it. Yes, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Dedicating this to all of you out there who need to know what love is all about. The ups of life and the downs and everything in between.
Killing it. Killing He's putting a lot of Be some funk flex bombs out here. That's how you do it in one week, you know? Bombs. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, Alvin. That's amazing. Thank you, guys. Man, because it was that, that, that Picasso line. That... <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And it's so smooth the way you did that, too. I was just like, oh, man, he flipped that so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Say, hey, man, you gave Picasso a billion strokes. Yeah. Take me in a picture that didn't include you, you know? Mm. Like, that's, hey, what I say, old school. Old school pen. <laughs> For real. Get you young bucks a few lines. You want to game? Say something like that. But I'm like, <laughs> you know, if you want to speak game, go listen to that album, Gary. Pick up a couple lines. That's there right. He's giving it to you. That's yeah, cool. In every part of the, the relationship, he's got, he's got bars for you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's like a tutorial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, man. Absolutely, man. I, I I love that um, you know, when I'm writing to to make music that is relatable, but that's still clever. You know what I'm saying? To make you think, but it's still relatable real quick. You ain't gotta think too hard about it. It's like, man, Picasso with a billion he can't pull that off. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Picasso the greatest. What you mean? <laughs> so he can't do it. It can't be done. No, just <laughs> exactly. Picasso can't do it. It can't be done, girl. You feel me? <laughs> so yeah, man. So Light Miss Love out now, streaming now. Everybody go definitely go check that out. Uh, I mean, there's no better tagline than old school pimping, I guess, you know. So yeah, old school pimping. <laughs> for real you like Al Green crossed with Ron Isley like you like a mix of them like with little you know like you said Sam Cooke got that in there and, and then just I don't know you got your own flavor though like you got your own vibes that you're coming with and I, I love that you um the way you approached writing you know like it's it's uh you know, family music even, but it's also love music. You know, you can listen to it with a partner or, you know, like you said, with your kids around and everything. That's right. That's um, right. You can play it at the party, you know, just to kick the, you know, change the mood, the mood a little bit, you know. It's a, uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's really nice to hear that sort of change in, in pace, really, in music as yeah. well. That, that, that sound is kind of needed. So I'm, I'm glad you're, working to give us that and uh i mean you also produce your your songs too or you like work with the house producer well i i produce the projects now i don't right. produce my own music um i work with different you know music producers but i pick and choose who i work with musically to match the sonic um direction i'm heading in you know what i'm mm. saying so i'm very meticulous about that in terms of picking the music or producing it myself. So in my catalog, I have music that I, because I play bass, I am a music producer. Right. I like to collaborate with people who have a certain sonic, not just the sound or the arrangement, but there's a certain type of sonic quality. And in this music, you hear and feel the likeness just in the, the instrument choices. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to say on um the title track, like the flute. Yes. Uh, like a flute solo, right? That was like yes. almost the perfect example of an instrument 
displaying like lightness, right? And just yes, I love that part. It's like like you as an artist, you pick certain colors that that create that feeling that you want. You know? Right. And that's the way I listen to frequencies and sonics. Is not just man, that's a dope beat. Let me no, but what does it feel like? You know what I'm saying? So the color of the music is important to me. So yeah, and, and, and I wanted to say something about you guys, man. I appreciate, you know, the t-shirts that you have on and you were talking about this type of music. You know, I had to be fearless to do this, you know, because I'm, I, to me, I'm like, I'm the only person <laughs> that I know doing it. And every radio programmer, every record label told me not to do it because they were like, that ain't what we want. That ain't what the people want. Sex sales, you know, go gospel. You know what I'm saying? They tried to guide me based on the past and based on their perception. So I literally put it all on the line fearlessly mm. to get to this point where I can be appreciated. Um, but it was hard, man. It was hard when you're trying to get into this industry and break in and make a living doing it, you know what I'm saying? And take care of a family doing it, to always be told, no, go do it differently. You have to have a certain level of fearlessness, man. So that's why when I saw that on y'all shirts, it, it touched me because my... Um, entertainment label is called Heal Entertainment, and that stands for hope, inspiration, love, and loss. You can't get on the heel if you're afraid to take an L. So I literally live by that mantra every day that I'm climbing a hill um, and, and I have to take my L's even to complete that journey. So you have to be fearless to get to this point where I am and where you guys are and wherever you're going, you have to be fearless. And so, I, I mean, just seeing that shirt, those shirts y'all have on, I'm like, send me some. Because <laughs> that's me, man. That's my story. Because you can't do this, especially when everybody else is doing something different. You know, right. so. I mean, you, yeah, had, definitely. you answered our question. That's that's our go-to question for people because that's what our whole brand is about is, you know, especially with creatives. And it's not an easy path, like you said. And you do have to have that, that face that fear moments and throughout your career. And like, you know, because like you said, not every, it's such a personal personal thing you're doing, you're putting yourself out there and, you know, but people always have their opinions about it. Like your work kind of relies on other people's thoughts and opinions and like how they react to it, but you still have to do what's true to you. And, you know, I think like I said, and you, you are doing your own thing right now compared to what's out there. And that's a very fearless, that could be a very fearful thing to do, but you are still doing it and you're doing it at a very high level and you've managed to, to be around for this long. So obviously you're, you know, you're doing the right thing. Yeah, and, and, and I'll say this, man, um, if there was a question you were gonna ask, there's a difference between being fearful and insecure. Those are two different things. And a lot of people let their insecurities keep them from moving forward. Um, but I move forward with a lot of insecurities. <laughs> I mean, come on, man, I'm behind the scenes writing hits for people. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm around some of the better, best singers in the game. You know, Joe, Kelly Rowland, Fantastic. You writing for people like this, that can be intimidating. You know what I'm saying? So I'm stepping out singing, hiring a vocal coach. I mean, I'm the producer, the writer, the bass player. Never saw myself out front until my own dad encouraged me to do it. Man, I hired a vocal coach, a stylist. I'm like, nah, I wasn't mean to be out front. I was supposed to be in the shadows. Mm. So I was insecure, but I wasn't fearful, yeah. right? So there were times I was on stage and I didn't like how I sounded. Most times I would never go back and watch my shows because mm. I would hear myself on stage. And I'm like, oh, I hit these bad notes, hit that bad note, my ring. I would judge myself, but I never stopped moving, right? So I just want people to know that it's okay to be insecure 
But that doesn't mean you're afraid because you're you're nervous about not being where you need to be. Stay at it long enough and you'll get there to where you can do like I did today. And you say, what can I sing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not insecure anymore, but I was never afraid. You see what I'm saying? So 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 I want to make sure that your your supporters hear what I'm saying that, yes, I was insecure. There was a time I would have been nervous. I wouldn't like, yeah, yeah, play the song because I got my auto tune. I edited everything. Play the song. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, yo, let me sing it because I'm not insecure about my voice anymore. So, yeah, and it's a process to get there. And and like, I mean, you brought up how you were writing for others, and then I definitely wanted to talk about that because, on top of your singing and you know you being the front man, you've also had a long career of writing for others and big names, and Joe in particular, who I think is one of the most underrated. R&B singers like the 2000s for sure. Um, and how was like that process writing for others compared to like writing for yourself? And like you said, like for all these big names and all the pressure that comes with it. Well, well by the time I got in, you know, in the door, you know, to even be able to write for other artists, you know, that have careers and platforms, you know, which I'm always grateful for. Um, it's the same process for myself. I just put myself in their shoes. So for instance, when I started writing for Joe, I'm like, this dude in his 40s, like, we can't be saying this stuff to these 40-year-old women that we were saying when he was in his 20s. <laughs> right? So I didn't ask them what he was writing about. I said, older women want to hear a different conversation. Everybody love your voice, but what are you saying with it? And so I wrote a song called I'd Rather Have a Love. I'd rather have a love than have a life alone. And you know, saying I was cool in these streets, cool in the club, but man, I wasn't I thinking nothing about love. And these women went crazy for Joe. They were like, yeah, I want to be, I want to love of my own too. <laughs> they were like, yo, who is this guy writing these songs? It wasn't that they were just arranged better, you know, whatever. He heard a conversation that his fans wanted to hear. So that was my thought process going into the creative side that says, let me sing to his fans because they probably my fans too. And a 40 year old woman that the been through beat up by life don't want nobody coming to take her man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I work too hard for this man. I need him to pay some bills, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so it resonated. And they, and I, you know, four singles, Soul Train Award later, 13 songs in total over two or three years. Um, it got me in the door because I was singing to his fans through my pen, but the process was still the same. Who you, who you singing to, what you're singing about and why, you know? So, so that's the process. Even when I'm writing gospel music, I take the same approach. You know what I mean? I don't write hardcore hip hop because it's just things in those songs that I just don't aspire to. I I'm cool with people. I don't, I don't knock it. I just don't participate in it because of my own values. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, but it would be the same process when I work with rappers. It's the same thought process, right? Yeah. Okay. And I guess, I mean, like we have a lot of like songwriters and we do, we work with a lot of other songwriters. And I guess, how, how would you, if somebody's looking to become like part of that part of the industry, like how, how did you find breaking in? And uh, what, what kind of stigmas or like, dealing with, you know, crediting and all this other stuff. Do you have any like opinions about any of that in the industry? Because there are a lot of negatives that can come with being part of that songwriting community sometimes. 
I, I agree. And I went through a lot of that myself, you know, where I didn't get the acknowledgement for my songs from artists who should have given me acknowledgement. And it's very painful, but it was a business decision as well. I said, what good is 100% of nothing? Give <laughs> me 50% of something. It's business. It's more equitable to have a song out there with no credit and no praise than a song, a great song on my computer that only me and my friends can hear. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm like, I can't change the business from the outside. So I took some, I made some sacrifices, but it was my humility that got me in the door to where now I can kind of say, well, this is what it is or don't call me. <laughs> but I had to, but I had to earn my way to this place through humility and serving and saying, you know what, you need a cut, fine. Just, you know what I'm saying? So I always tell people, you know, let's say you've done all the work to be credible enough to get in the conversation. Cause some people got a lot of work to do, work on your craft. But when you at that point where your music is good enough, humble yourself. Nobody owes you anything. <laughs> like I said at the beginning of this, this interview, your talent is not a prerequisite for success. There's so many other people that can do it better than you. You know what I'm saying? There's no such thing as the best. You know, so humble yourself and allow somebody to show you favor. Allow somebody to walk you in that you looked out for or that you had a humble attitude about. You know what I mean? And so I always say, man, throw my resume away. I mean, I know it's great, but what can I do today? to serve the world around me. And that gets me in a lot of places because I ain't acting all Hollywood. I ain't, you know, I hate nothing against Hollywood because I like Hollywood. Because <laughs> they call you Bama if you're slow, right? <laughs> but, but that humility will open up more doors for you than your greatness alone, right? So that's what I encourage all participants in this industry, writers, singers, start there. You're not the best. (laughs) Get it out your head. No matter what your circle has told you, you are not the best. And people that can make decisions, they've seen the best. Right. And they're like, whatever. Okay. So, you know, that's my, that's my advice. Humble yourself. And I know people don't like to hear that um, because this is an industry of ego. And I get it, you know what I'm saying? But you can be confident and be good at what you do. And people want to deal with you and say, yeah, I like him. Let me put him on this project. Not because he's the best writer or best producer. I just like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's my advice, man. Humility. Yeah, I mean, the creative industry for sure. Um, like I said, there's no like regulation. There's no over overbearing like structure. So it is a lot about relationships. And I think that also gets lost on a lot of people when they first getting into to the creative field is relationships are just as important as talent, you know, so. It's more important. Yeah. It's more important. Y'all can tell I like analogies. I always say, you know, build pipelines, not bottom lines, right? Because if you build a pipeline, everything can flow continually to you. Opportunities, information. But if you're just about a transaction, that's it, it's over, you know? So build pipelines, not bottom lines, because pipelines lead to bigger bottom lines. Come on. There you go. There you go. Hey. <laughs> 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 the gyms today. Yes. And um, you know, not to call anybody out, but have you have you personally had any like nightmare stories working in the industry being a songwriter? Oh sure. I won't call no names. Um, because that's just not my my thing. 
But yeah, there were uh, a few artists that I literally wrote everything for and we just wouldn't know it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, they put that pressure on me like, hey, man, like, listen here, you can give us this much publishing or you can get off the album. <laughs> I'm like, ah, wait a minute, but we've already finished the album. Why do you say this on the front end, right? <laughs> so I, I'll say that I have endured some of those situations that you hear about, but even with that, I made those decisions with my head up. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't forced or coerced into uh, giving up a little something to get more down the line. So I understood from a business perspective that 100% of nothing is zero, right? So I always tell people, if somebody say, hey man, I'm gonna have to, you know, we're about to share in this publishing, understand why they're asking. It costs money to promote a record. It costs money. And you can't sell physical product anymore. It's harder to make money with streaming. So when people say we need some of the publishing, they're saying we just need access to a different stream of revenue because the manufacturing industry is gone. So it's context to that request for you to share in that equity of that song so that the person spending all the money, getting the project out there, getting you the exposure, that's a lot of money. And I'm telling you, cause I'm an executive, it costs a lot of money to promote a record. So I understand why that request would be made of me as an artist so that they have another way to recoup those expenses. So I understand the context now regardless of how I felt when I was learning this business, now that I'm on the other side of the table in some context, I can explain it and say, here's why we need to share in the publishing. Not just give it to me, robbing you, but let me help you understand. I got to spend this much on your promotion. Well, I need to make this much back so we can keep pushing you. You know what I'm saying? That's a different way of explaining it to people that they don't explain, you know, when you're trying to get in. They're like, give it up or get gone. Yeah. <laughs> As long as you weren't hung off any side of buildings, you know, like Suge Knight or anything like that. <laughs> You're going to yeah. sign over that pub. Like, <laughs> you got to make that money, man. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I mean, Dries, you got any more questions? I mean, we covered so much. Um, I mean, let's see. I pretty much went through all of my my notes specifically, I kind of just had little tidbits about each song and stuff, but um, um, hmm. I don't know, maybe just if you'd like to send us off with a, a little last lullaby. Come on, uh, come on, of course, man. I am, listen, I am promoting a brand new music video called The Lightness of Love for Lightness my, love. yes, for my title cut of my album. So hopefully, Everybody that views this and uh, sees this production will go check out the album, of course, but also uh, the new video that is. And I like the video had uh, like you had nice chemistry, like you could act it like I don't know who that was, but it was just like it it felt real at at times, like, you know. In full disclosure, that's my actual, that's my cousin-in-law, right? Okay, okay. So yeah, well, it just seemed like y'all knew each other. That's what we, I mean. Yeah, we did. Actually, that's my cousin-in-law, man. Shout out to Meredith Lilly. She's actually a top aide for Senator Ralph Warnock um, out of Georgia. And so she's a, from Birmingham, Alabama, powerful attorney, doing great work um, out here 
And so I thought also I wanted to have a black female in my video that if you look her up, you'll see something positive. So that was strategic as well. You know what I'm saying? Uh, black brilliance, not just black beauty. You feel me? So mm. with that being said, you're like, oh, snap, snap. <laughs> you know we're beautiful, but let's focus on that brilliance, man, just like you two fellas. So with that, let's give them the lightness of love. Oh, yeah. You know, they say, stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. Come on, everybody. Clap your hands, y'all. I'm Alvin Garrett. And it's the lightness of love.
Yes, sir. Woo. Ladies and gentlemen, Alvin Garrett. Yes. For that beautiful, the lightness is love. Make sure you check out the music video for that single. Go check it out now. Um, and stream the whole album. album. And all links will be down below in the description of wherever this gets put up on YouTube, on the website, and SoundCloud, everywhere. And uh, I do want to give a special shout out to the flute player and you having a song because she actually killed it. So, oh yes, Kim Scott. She's a a, a pretty successful jazz flautist from Birmingham, Alabama. So she is always on the Billboard charts. Very proud of her representing the city of Birmingham in the smooth jazz uh, genre. So shout out to Kim Scott. Shout out to Kim Scott. Yeah. And uh, before we got here, I did have—I did actually have one question because you are a bass player. You grew up playing yes. bass. I, I, you know, I like to ask people who—who who is your favorite bass player and who you think is the the best bass player to have come out so far? Hmm. Well, like I said, there's no such thing as the best. I believe that. But my favorite is—I'd uh, have to say, growing up in smooth jazz R&B, Nathan East. Okay. Right? Bass player, I'll tell you so people may not know his name, but I can tell you know his music. You ever listen to Anita Baker? Mm-hmm. Ever listen to an old school Anita Baker? You have listened to Nathan East, right? Okay. Um, that's one of my favorite. And is I have two favorites. I got to give a shout out to my other favorites, Marcus Miller. So if you, he, you know, sort of jazz funk and a lot of movie soundtracks, if you ever listen to Luther Vandross, mm-hmm. you've heard. Marcus Miller, all of that bass, that's Marcus Miller. So you know a bass player by the artist they play with, you know what I'm saying? Of course, I know their names, but that's how I let people know you've heard these bass players and they're iconic. Yeah, you got to shout out the bass players. You know, they don't always get get their credit, but you know, they're super important, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I I write and sing like a bass player. I keep it in the pocket. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, keeps that bop going. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, right. man. um, you know, we covered a lot today, and you know, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on here and to talk about your your music, your journey here, and you know, we we love what we're hearing and. We'll do whatever we can to help promote it. And definitely, like like I said, everybody go check out Lightness of Love. Check out The Awakening. We'll have all the links to his profiles and everything down below wherever you, where we put this up. And, you know, thank you. Thank you once again. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's been wonderful. Oh, man, you're so talented. Thank you for the live performances. Yes. Also, future great. artists, please take note. This is a professional musician right here. This is when you get put on the spot, you know, you, you stay ready. You ain't got to get ready, like he said. So... <laughs> Putting a lot of pressure on a lot of pressure on future interviews here, you know. <laughs> live, so yes, sir. Well, thank you guys so much, man. All right, thank you. Yeah. For sure. Much love. Appreciate you.